in a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. So what's in a name? In the case of The Cannibal Man, a Spanish film made in 1971 and released in 1973. Far too much. A joke at the expense of themes that run deep in the story. The Cannibal Man, called La Semna de la Sentino, in its original Spanish, meaning the killer's weak, it's also known as The Apartment on the 13th Floor, is more an examination of repressed sexuality, extreme poverty and Franco Spain than a tale of crazed killers on the loose. Indeed, the cannibal of the title is alluded to rather than seen. ...stomachs kindly to close their eyes. Don't be hasty. What do you want? Well... Please go in there if you want to. If that's what you need to, to ease your mind. What strange foreboding secret is within this room? something. The man died. His picture's in the paper. What lures the innocent into the death room? in here. What? Please excuse me. I want you to suspect that I could... What do you mean? Suspect. living in today's jungle, kills for his freedom. Discover his unique way of disposing of the bodies. A river of blood is created by 
The cannibal man. Marcos. Does this man discover the dark secrets of the cannibal man? Man soon comes to this theater. Our story covers an angry man who lives in a shack and works in an abattoir. He tumbles into a spiral of violence over a week after he accidentally kills a cab driver. Marcus, who's played by Vincent Parra, is a slaughterhouse worker who's pushed over the edge one day with little and so with little provocation. He goes on a week-long bender of violence and murder, killing an annoying cab driver. He then murders his fiancée. And this starts escalating as people start investigating the crimes. Her brother is then on the block and is would-be father-in-law. And as time goes on, other people who pay a little bit too much attention to his life also become victims. The corpses begin to pile up in Marco's apartment and he has to find a way to dispose them. Marcus happens to have a meat grinder in the abattoir and begins to wonder if eating his victims might be a good way to cover his tracks. He has another problem though. Overlooking his home is some luxury flats and in one is the voyeuristic Nesta the spoiled son of wealthy parents. He spends the summer spying on the locals from his luxury apartment balcony. There is more to his voyeurism than mere curiosity though. As a, a, rep as a man who's repressed his homosexuality, he cannot express his feelings. So he uses his position and his means of endearing himself to men. All right, everybody out. And what gives? I don't run the bordello. Get out of here, Romeo and Juliet. Both of you, get out of my cat. Listen, it's not your business to look at us. Now, on top of it, you want to start an argument, chum. Haven't you ever been with a girl before? What are you, some kind of homosexual? Yeah. Look, buddy, I'm a married man. Mind your own business and drive us into town. Well, I don't want any fooling around in my taxi. Please, Marcos, please, we better get out. Go on, get out. There's plenty of time to enjoy the night. Just get yourselves a bed. Or do you prefer... To make love in public. Stop, you hear? Stop. That's good. My suggestion to you is shove your taxi. Or is 16 to 14. Hey, just a minute. You still have 350 on the meter to pay. You don't think you're gonna get away with a free ride, do you? Hey, you hell, you didn't take us where we told you. Look here, lover boy. I don't have to take any lip from you. Are you trying to say you don't want to pay me? Not one penny. I don't have to take your insults, understand? I'm not paying you. That's pretty good advice, Buster. If you won't pay, I'll make it a night you won't forget. Uh, just about enough of your crap. <laughs> I'm going to give you the beating that your father never had time to give you. Quick. What makes the film so interesting 
is what director Aloy de la Iglesia is far more interested in character studies and showing the victim in Marcus scared but also out of control than he is with Gore. There is a strong undercurrent beneath. Whenever he turns to his neighbour Marcus, uh, to, to Nesta, there is a tension so thick it practically stifles both of them. There's a scene with a late night swim in a local spa and it's all very, you know, wet torsos and longing looks. And when the two get together at the end, it's meant to be an instance of solidarity and it's a catalyst for the finale. And as um, our man Marcus makes the decisions that will affect his entire life. Like a lot of movies come Franco Spain, this is anti-fascist, masquerading as a just a simple gore film. The main film of the movie is not flesh-eating. In fact, all cannibalism is implied and never actually shown. Instead, our director Dilla Inesta wants to focus on a rising gulf between the classes and the dangerous isolation. That can do. Our victims are literally chewed up and spat out by the system, and that includes our killer too. I'm not a kid anymore, you understand? And when I say no, it's no. That's the trouble. If you were younger, you'd have more courage. You just don't get it, Paula. Leave me alone. I have the chance in my situation. Stop, you're hurting me. But can't you see, Paula? If we go to the police, they'll never listen to, to someone as poor as I am, and nobody. What a ridiculous thing to say. Police will listen to the rich only. I don't believe that. It's a bunch of nonsense. But a good lawyer costs money. Far too much. It's funny. I think my marriage with you would never work. And you know why? I can't believe anyone who won't face reality. And marriage can't be built on lies. Don't pretend with me, Marcos. It won't work. I don't want to be made a fool of. That's what you believe? Yes. So I can go to the police? Or I can go to hell, right? Marcos. It was you that wanted the marriage, and I agreed. Now you say forget it. Oh, Marcos, I do want you. Dila Iglesia was an outspoken gay socialist filmmaker. He's best known for his portrayal of urban uh, marginalisation and the world of drugs and juvenile delinquency in the early 1980s. Um, It was during his time while making this film that Iglesia was a member of the Spanish Communist Party. His films of this period reflected his beliefs and often centred on violent forms of social protest. His political leanings and the lurid subject of his films actually made him quite a controversial filmmaker, regardless of whether this was a video nasty or not. 
Here's a quote from him. I talk about the world of which the majority of filmmakers do not care to speak. The marginal world. I am a most opportunistic filmmaker. I am the one who always wants to make the films that are not supposed to be made. I am the one interested in the subjects that everyone else has agreed not to talk about. So what we have here is a film that it shows some one thing but actually focuses on something else. We have a character study rather than gore. Although there is plenty of that too. In parts anyway. And at moments uh, illuminate the film including a very nasty scene with a machete. So the film has been horribly mismanaged in the way it has been sold. The UK video nasty cover has a picture of a murdered woman on the front. And even in 2003, Anchor Bay release, which you would thought would have had a bit more thought behind it, has that incredibly gruesome shot of a man who's been stabbed in the face as its cover. Indeed, last week I mentioned that I spoke about that cover, and in my mind I got the two confused. The Nasties cover, which is known really because of its, its, its value, simply because it, it, it's made out of cardboard and, and two variations. Uh, and I'd like to thank at uh, Viva VHS on Twitter for send, emailing me a picture of them so I can at least have a, a proper look at them. It's one of the ones I don't have, simply because of its value. But, um, you know, it, 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 it's, uh, it's quite explicit, although not as explicit certainly as that Anchor Bay release, which makes the film look like a, a gory slasher movie, when in actual fact it's anything but. The dubbing of the film is downright awful, even for a nasty, and the name is a grim joke for a choice of, uh, for a choice for a film of this nature. I mean, the film was one of the first movies to use the vomit bag gimmick, uh, theatres offering free bath bags with tickets to increase sales of this violent movie. The movie works at its best playing at the concept that Marcus will be caught, although some of its stunts are far too obvious. Dogs are seen sniffing around his front door, and co-workers play a game of keep away with a gym bag loaded with body parts. Much better are the times when our local barmaid Rosa keeps on thrusting herself at into Marcus's life. She wants a physical companion and obviously loves him dearly. For at least from afar, but obviously Marcus is desperately trying to keep distance between her and him, mainly to try and save her life effectively. Hey Rosa, what have you been doing to make my brother so happy? What did I do to him? Well, Nothing. I meant to say, what's he been eating here? Very little. Hmm. Something wrong? Spit it out. That's what brothers are for, to tell their troubles to. What's to do with my girlfriend? Your girlfriend? You're too old of a hand to be letting a girl get you down like this. No, it's this. not that. Something more complicated. Well, then out with it. Tell me what's wrong. Suppose we go home. I can speak easier there. 
We're leaving, Rosa. Okay. See you later. Is the poker game on for later tonight? Does that any men think of as playing cards? I think it's dull. There are better things to do. In that case, I'll see you later. <laughs> and we'll play together. <laughs> Marcus is played by Vince, uh, Vincent Cara, Para, and uh, this this was a film that he attempted to leave behind his image of a handsome man, the kind of man who would appear in musical numbers. These two horror films with Della Iglesia. Um this one, The Candleman, and also Nad Oyo Grita, with nobody hear the scream. What this actually did though was kind of um, isolate him from the industry and he tarnished his career to a point that he wasn't really able to recover from it. Indeed, his career really never re recovered after this moment. The movie was released by Intervision, uncut in uh, November of 1981. It was banned as a video nasty in July of 83 and it was stayed on the list throughout the panic became one of the collectible, collectible uh, band 39 films. It's this flimsy flip case, I think, that makes it the most notable and certainly increases the movie's value to an extent. It's a rarity in mint condition. It's been re-released after three seconds of BBFC cuts in uh, 1993 by Redemption. Um, but what I would say is that you really want, if you really want to watch it, you'd be better off getting that horrible Anchor Bay release, which, although it's not the prettiest version of the film, is, uh, is, is, is a lot better than that Redemption one, and also contains the last three seconds. So what we have here is a film that questions who are the actual victims in all of this? Who is to blame and what can be done? The movie's very somber, occasional glimpses of black humour. Indeed, it opens with lengthy scenes from an abattoir. But it also then moves towards something a bit different as well. There is a moment of humour, for example, an overly camp pharmacist who accidentally helps our murderer cover up his crimes. But on the whole, this is a film about a man who feels he has nobody to help him, who is lost and is spiraling out of control. His only help is a man who also feels isolation, but in a very different way. It's a movie that focuses on sadness, on bleakness, on sorrow, and it promises lurid content but I think those that go here looking for that would be sorely disappointed indeed so the movie is an unusual curio in our video nasties list in a sense yes it has a scene you know brief scenes of incredible violence yes it hints at cannibalism and also hints at it, and also well very much shows very vivid scenes of abattoirs, killing of cattle. So in that sense, it is a nasty, but it's real 
shock and gore and attempts to, to horrify you aren't in those scenes but the scenes of extreme poverty a man with who has no way out no way to find his way and because of that he struggles with the world around him and it boils up in very explosive ways so early, Elmer. Just was your brother. On his truck, he hasn't come back. Why do you ask? Because I'm looking for my daughter. She told me he was back. I see. That's odd. Huh. Carmen must be mistaken. Marcus, I'm pretty sure of my daughter. It was about four in the afternoon when Carmen left the house. Now it's six in the morning, and she isn't back yet. Well, she's not in here. Really, she isn't. I haven't seen her in a week. Get out of the way. I want to go in there. No. Yeah? Then how do you explain Carmen's purse if she didn't come to this place? She just couldn't stay away from your brother until they were married, the little fool. The fool. Please, you're mistaken. And now the family would be ridiculed by everybody. Your brother can't do this to me. You can't keep me out of there. You're strong enough to keep me from them now, but I have an equalizer at home. You just wait. And I'll be back, Marcus. Wait a minute. Don't be hasty. What do you want? Well, please go in there if you want to. If that's what you need to ease your mind. to look me in the face. <laughs> okay, well, I think this is going to run a little bit shorter than normal, and I'm sorry about that. There's, it's a similar kind of run length as, as I normally do. It just seems to have come together very quickly. I suppose with these kind of stories where you're kind of discussing rather than anything else, those kind of things can pop up like that. Just a couple of quick bits of thanks. Uh, thanks to at Stephen V. Turner on Twitter, who comes Prince of Darkness, who uh, helped me out looking for a film for this weekend to watch. Uh, also to uh, Simon Peterson, who's uh, at the Man vs. World, who's who, who's kind enough to, to say hello. 
and also those that people who have been kind enough to retweet me uh, and retweet the podcast, get the name out there at TTK Kane, who's named a guy called Mark. Also, thanks to um, at uh, Mulk the Champs, which is at M A L K O D E S C H A M P S, and at Grindhouse Dave, who's a real fan of the uh, of the Grindhouse genre and uh, movies of this type. Um, if you want to get cold to me, please do. My uh, email address is videonastypodcast.com our email is videonastypodcast at gmail.com uh, so you can contact me that way if you want to leave any feedback that would be wonderful uh, you can get me on twitter at, at orange underscore monkey and I'll always get back to you and um, if you want to leave make any feedback of any of the films that we've covered or any of the films we will be covering that would be great so what's next week well, next week we are talking about Absurd, which is the kind of sequel to Anthropogus, uh, sort of. Um, it's not. Quite, it's more of a straight slasher movie than a um, than you know, like than the, this cannibalism thing. But it does have some interesting touches, and it's quite a cool movie. So, until then, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.